17 years ago, 16 years ago, something like this, I was studying with the a study session with a young man who is 17 years old, 18 years old. One day he tells me happily that he is being accepted, he was accepted to Yale University. I was very impressed, even though I didn't know then how special and important Yale University is, he gave me a little education about the presidents who, are, who came out from Yale University and Supreme Court judges and, and leaders of other countries. Then he, then he takes out a t-shirt from Yale University and he shows me the logo. And at the logo, I see Hebrew words. Right. And I look at him and says, you know what's written there? At that point, he didn't know. He didn't know what I read, read, Urim Vetumim. What is Urim Vetumim? It's a word from the Bible. Urim Vetumim was, you know, the high priest in the temple in Jerusalem and all in the, also in the desert before that used to wear a breastplate. And the breastplate were 12 gems, uh, stones, and on every stone was engraved one of the 12 names of the 12 tribes. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and so on. Now Uri Betumi means that underneath the breastplate, in the foldings there underneath, was a, a piece of parchment, the name of God. And this made the, created a mechanism that through the, when we had this parchment underneath, the coin was able to communi communicate with God. Used to come to the Holy, Holy of Holies or outside, stand in front of the ark, and used to think, kind of say quietly in his mind, what is question? Let's say, go to war or should he not go to war? And then certain letters used to sh light, shine, shine. And by looking at the letters and arranging them the right way, he was able to know the answer. Then that was one of the mechanisms of speaking to God, beside prophets. That was those, the other mechanism throughout the first temple. Talking about seven, eight hundred years. It was working, this thing was working. The, the part, the mechanism that make the breastplate work is called Urim Betumim. Urim means light, Betumim means complete. Basically, the, 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 that gives, gives us light, shows us the way, in a complete way, we know what God wants from us. What is Uri Metumim doing on the logo of Yale University? And now it came there all together. And just lately I figured I, I learned about that. Somebody brought to my attention, actually my son. They, well, he, said, he told me that I read about that there is in 1771 the first rabbi came to America. There was no rabbis in America by that time. It was before United States. The War of Independence was 1776, right? That was a few years before that. At least the first rabbi recorded rabbi that came to America. Maybe it was somebody else who came, but nobody knows. His name was Rabbi Kriegel. Why should a rabbi from Israel from, was born in Hebron come to America? Obviously, he needed to do fundraising. Since 1771. 1771. Before he was in London for a few years, he was there. But these rabbis, they didn't come for two weeks, picked up the check and left. They came, they were teachers, leaders, the Jews in these small communities had nothing. They were so desperate and eager to learn from a rabbi Torah. 
And he was in he was in uh, England for a few years. He was a rabbi there, and they paid him and he fundraised the store. And then he came to America. He came to New York. He came to Philadelphia, and then he came to Newport, Rhode Island. And there he became the rabbi of the synagogue there. The Torah synagogue. Yeah, maybe the I think the Torah synagogue. Yes. And what's interesting there, he met, I think he was a priest, Ezra Stiles. Mm. And Ezra Stiles, he wanted to learn Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And he befriended the rabbi, and they became very close. And I think they had 26 sessions together. And Ezra Stiles went to his synagogue to hear him speak on Purim, and on Passover, and on Shavuos, and he described what he saw and what he heard. And because of Ezra Stiles' diaries, we know about Rabbi Kriegel. Hmm. I didn't know that. And yet, conversation, he says about Purim. The rabbi is to dress like a Jerusalem Jew with a very hot, a high hat uh, and colorful coats. And he describes the coats. And every time he describes a different color, it looks like the rabbi had a good taste in clothing. Right. And then he even describes conversations that he had with the rabbi. Once he says he had a conversation with the rabbi about after about resurrection of the dead. He asked the rabbi if a man was married once and his wife passed away, and then he was married again. By the resurrection of the dead, to which wife he will be married? So the rabbi was a little bit at a loss. And he didn't know what to answer. He was thinking about that. He said there is different opinions, and this is true. And then he said, but whatever will be, will be a very happy world, will be a good world. People will be happy, whatever the choice will be, there will be a good place. He writes later, and the rabbi was, also gave the answer because he was very sensitive by the, by the, in the room were present a couple that for real it was a second marriage. That whatever he would say, he was careful, he didn't want to hurt anybody. Right. It's interesting, the Zohar actually says that the person will, wake, will, will be resurrected, he will be married to the first wife. Hmm. So to speak, she was his bashert. Right. But there is... Even in the case of divorce? I, I'm not sure in the case of divorce, but for sure in the case of... Widowing. Widowing. Yeah. Exactly. Case of divorce, I don't know. Of, who know? I, but even there, everybody gives it's a complicated issue, and there is no black and white about this story. There is opinion on both ways. This rabbi was here until 1773. And then he decided to go to the Caribbean islands, to Barbados. And there he passed away, mm -hmm. in a young age, actually. Ezra Stiles, in, in 1778, 1776, was appointed as the president of Yale. Yale was established in 1701. In 1776, when you were 1778, I think 76, no, 1778, he was appointed, the the, he became the president of Yale, and he was a very big <coughs> proponent of Igbo. Mm -hmm. And he tried to, he bought the school, the school that was teaching Igbo, and when he was there in one graduation, three people spoke in Igbo. And he put it in the logo of Yale University since 1778. That's the logo, that's their logo. What's the logo of the Jewish people? 
She would look for a log of the Jewish people. What would be the log? I'm guessing you're not saying the Star of David, something else. You're right. What's the logo of, of the state of Israel? Star of David. Really? They have another logo at all. The menorah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two branches. Right. The parsha of this week is Be'alotcha, begins with the menorah. God tells Moses, tell Aaron, when he lights the menorah, he should make sure that the seven candles, all six candles, point towards the middle candle, light the wicks towards the middle candle. And he should make it in such a way that the flame should be self-sustained flame. The Aftorah is also about the menorah. Mm-hmm. The Aftorah is up from the book of Zechariah, who was a prophet in the beginning of the second temple, and he has a vision about the menorah. And he says, the angel asks him, what do you see? And he says, I see a menorah made out of pure gold, with seven branches, and two olive branches from both sides. And, the, and the, uh, the, uh, the, the angel asks him, what do you see? What, what does this mean? He says, I don't know, you tell me. Basically, as Kabbalah and Hasidus explain, the menorah represents the Jewish people. Seven branches because there is seven ways to serve God, with love, with fear, with excitement, with uh, discipline, with a way of being thankful. Many ways to serve God. But as long as they are all towards pointing towards the middle, towards the service of God, seven branches as one piece of gold, we are one, we are one, one piece of gold, we are not different seven uh, nations, and all serving God. Now, who is the candle? In, uh, in now the Jewish people, we know the menorah. Who is repre- what is which part in ourselves is the is the candle, is the flame? Then there there is the book of Mishle, I think it's Ecclesiastic. No, Ecclesiastic is a, a Proverbs, I'm sorry, Proverbs. The book of Proverbs says, Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. Ner Hashem means the soul, the candle of God is the soul of man. Every one of, every soul of us, every soul is a candle. That's why we are representing the menorah. Because every one of us is a candle. And our job is to light, to illuminate the world. Somebody will ask me, will ask you, will ask myself, how you ignite your neshama? My soul is a little <laughs> shvach. I wake up in the morning, I am not exactly feel ignited. Right. Uh, you talk to me. It's not there, I'm not there. What should I do? There is another, another verse in Proverbs, a little earlier. Ner mitzvah, the Torah or a mitzvah is the candle. That in one place it says the soul is the candle, in another place it says the mitzvah is the candle. Then the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic woman, the Rebbe bought it from the Baal Shem Tov, says, How you light your neshame, how you light your soul, when you do a mitzvah. The mitzvah is the igniter, the mitzvah is the matches. A match that you light the soul with. What does this mean? You're not in the mood. Yes. When you do it, when a person puts on film, he connects. The moment he connects, it starts rolling. The, the, the Mishnah says, Mitzvah, Goreret Mitzvah. One Mitzvah brings to another Mitzvah. 
then the moment you do one thing, you want to do another thing, get involved. You know, there is a uh, Jewish statement, a Jewish saying that says, the actions go, the heart goes after the actions. If you start to do somebody favors, even if you don't like him in the beginning, you start to like him more. That's why the Rebbe's philosophy was never get engaging in dialogues. Proving that there is a God, mm-hmm. proving this. Because you're going nowhere. Because if I, if I have a dialogue with you, I have to prove my point, you have to prove your point. Instead, you tell a Jew, somebody tells me, I, tells him I'm an atheist, I don't, okay, let's put on film. I'm an atheist, let's give you a sitter in your hand, let's, let's become a part of the minion. Because the moment you connect them, you ignite his soul, then he feels, he feels the connection mm-hmm. and he enjoys it. You cannot explain the feeling of doing a mitzvah to somebody who never did it. He has to do it, and then he will have the feeling of it, the experience of it. And that is the Jewish logo. Mm-hmm. You see, they took something from the temple, the Urim Vetumim, what means light and shoot. They want to say that, that uh, Yale University is light and shoot. Fine, God bless them. The Jewish job, the Jewish logo is a menorah because our, it's not enough that we have the light and the truth. We have to illuminate the world. We have to make the world a better place. Yes, every one of us has to be a candle, a self-sustained candle that you don't constantly have to light them again and ignite them again. Not only this, it should bring light around them. It should light other candles. You know, the job of a fire has two jobs. It lights, brings light, and warmth. That's the job of every Jew, to be a menorah. And when we be a menorah, we live up to our, we live up to our logo, yep. and we live up to, our, to God's expectations of us.